Best Judy Garland showing off the fucking ruby slippers. Those are here with your keen composite toe work boots. They fucking breathe. They're comfortable, and they are waterproof. You you do have a very impressive shoe collection, though. I will hand it to you. I'm I'm not a shoe connoisseur by any means, really, but I mean hats off to you. You also have a nice hat collection. I'll well, give you that as well. Both are very truncated versions of the original collection. <laughs> being married and being a dad, you, you lose all your shoe privileges and, you know, random hats you can't just go buy anymore. So, Yeah. I'm, yes, you can. You can still buy hats. What are you talking about? Well, I've got a rule for hats. <coughs> Not often and no more than $10. Oh, Okay. I thought you were just denying that hats were available for sale. I say, oh, no, that's no. not a thing whatsoever. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <coughs> hats exist, but you know, if I if I went home and bought a hat, like a real nice one, like I used to drop about two hundred dollars on a hat, and uh, if I spent two hundred dollars on a hat and went home, I'm pretty sure I'd get shot. And I, back when you were spending two hundred dollars on hats, that would be about six hundred dollars on a hat. Yes. Today. And let's not talk about how much money I've spent on shoes. Well, let's get right into it. How much money, if you had to ballpark it, just ballpark it, how much you've spent on random shoes. <coughs> okay, I have a pair of shoes I spent $800 on. Um, that is fantastic, James. They are hand-stitched Italian leather, black and white spectators. And the fucking... Leather's like butter with a leather goddamn saw. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. <sighs> I, I just wanted our listen, anyone listening to know the James that I know, who sends me pictures of shoes, not infrequently, I would say. It's not, it's not a it's regular not constant, every week. No. but it, it's not surprising when I get a picture just of shoes that James has sent me and go, huh, Good, good find, I suppose. I, I don't know, but I assume those are good shoes. I, last picture I showed you, I for like eight bucks, I found a pair that fit me. Of the, There's an English company, an English shoe company called Wright. And uh, they're, mm, oh God, it was, uh, it, was the, uh, mid, or it was the mid-ankle boot with the Cuban stack heel and a side zip. And I put those on, man. I feel like I'm a bullfighter and shit. Fuck yeah, sharp as shit. I'd say all of those details, you might have might as well have just said them like in French or something. Oh, they look like old. Remember Beatles boots, the ones that zipped up the sides. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Only cooler. Uh, and speaking of the disgusting French, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino, and I'm a confused other one of your hosts. Uh, in, in the film we watch, they speak a lot of French. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. I got, see, I, I did the thing. <laughs> you got stuff. It's not my fault you didn't pick up on that. Does your arm hurt from reaching? A little, uh, okay. but I was trying to get this started because... Uh. Going on and on about shoes was uh, really draining my soul, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> That's all right. Good thing we didn't start talking about hats, homie. Oh, all right. Well, this week we are talking about 1988's Serpent in the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, written by Richard Maxwell and Adam Rodman. Directed by the Wes Craven. Starring Zex Mokay as Petrod, Kathy Tyson as Marielle, Bill Pullman as Dr. Dennis Allen. James! Mm-hmm. You there. Yeah, me. Here. In, in the hat. Mm-hmm. And, and with the legs. So we, we've been on a, a zombie cake lately. Mm-hmm. James, what would you think of Serpent in the Rainbow? Ah, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what it was about this movie because parts of it are, I enjoyed the shit out of parts of it. But I had to fucking force myself three times to watch this steaming pile of shit. So that's what I was, I, I wanted to lead you, but I decided not to because we had both talked about like, oh yeah, this will be a good one. Like I'm kind of excited to rewatch mm-hmm. this. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. Yada, yada, yada. I conflated this with three other movies. I uh, I was extremely bored through most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I the beginning pretty good. Yeah, uh, a few speckles here and there of oh, all right, well that's interesting. And then mm. the end, well, it's kind of ridiculous, but I guess it was fun ish. Yeah, but it didn't fit with the rest of the movie. I'm like, the no fuck. And uh, we'll, the we'll rest of it is a, I guess a story. That I couldn't possibly have given a shit about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not like it. And I gotta be honest, uh, you can pull my horror card if you want. I am overall not really a Wes Craven fan. I like that Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I would say that withstanding, yeah. obviously, because uh, it is my favorite film like the horror franchises. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. And it could not have been done, obviously, without Wes Craven. Right. And he's done other things that people like. I just don't really happen to like many of his films. And yeah. this is very much no exception. Uh, well, half of it looked like stock footage from 30 other 80s movies. I There is nothing innovative. There was nothing, anything in this movie except the um, portrayal of zombies as part of this rite or this ritual. And uh, that's another reason the movie pissed me off. It's like, if you're going to go the science aspect and this, you know, this powder does this thing, run with it. But then you give me supernatural near the end, fuck you. Have supernatural at the beginning, too. Well, For they, reals. I say they, they did with the uh, uh, potion or whatever that the shaman gives him. That's supposed to be supernatural because he sees... No, because it was an ayahuasca trip. It wasn't anything that could not be explained by science. When you're in the jungle chewing plants with a shaman, you're going to see some shit. Yeah, but to see the man but who it's not you supernatural. Kill. Yeah, but... Yeah. Because okay. he sees Petrod. Okay, yeah, but it was such a flash that I missed that. Oh. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, he's just, he's just tripping in the forest. That's what you do. You know, I've done some peyote rights and you know, hung out and done that kind of shit. And, you, you know, if you're with a cool guy, that you know, it's just a, it's a nice night or a scary nice night. But it, but I, I could tell, I swear to God, Russ Craven must not have tripped many very often because his, his representations of uh, hallucinations, I'm like, oh, come on, buddy. You should have tried it at least once before you tried to portray it, buddy, because that's the lamest psychedelia I've ever fucking seen in a movie. When you have all this wonderful imagery to choose from, and you fucking pick this, this, come on. So I I think that I know my reason, but I want to hear, 
because you agreed that this is boring. Uh-huh. Why why do you think that you found it boring? Because I have I can go first if you'd like. I've got a couple theories. One is the style with which it is filmed. Okay? Um it looked like a TV movie half of it. it the, the there was a very similar or there were very singular style of movies like between 82 and about 84 that the way they filmed it or the lighting or something it made it look like TV to me now. And so I'm looking at it, and it's just it's filmed awkwardly. I didn't like the cuts. It was just, just stuff like that I never noticed before. And it's just little shit that started bothering me as it added up. And they didn't they they didn't keep with any one theme. It was like six jumbled movies. And I think what irritated me the most is they decided to get a little bit in depth with with the voodoo or however you want to pronounce it. I'm obviously going to mangle it. But they didn't talk about any of the, you know, if it was such a, a, a part of the lives, you got to understand that voodoo is not just about being ridden by the law. It's not just about possession. It's everything has a spirit and you have local spirits and you, you, you commune with the spirits daily. There's a, a thing you do that's your ritual to make the tea to start your day to do the things and you, you, you consult with the spirits. And it's an active part of your day. The religion is a very active thing. And what we're seeing with the, the voodoo and the zombies is that's like saying all Christians are snake handlers and, you know, and dance up in the Appalachians. All, all people who do voodoo or Santareo or whether it's island, Hispanic or specifically African – you know, that's just a, a small part of their lore that they're obviously making bigger for the movie. I wish they had, if the, the boring parts, if they would have shown like the daily song, you know, the, the song for calling the kids, the song for making sure our day goes right before the thing, you know, or showing a little bit of slices of life it, that voodoo was not just zombies. They didn't. Now, they gave more of a story than I've ever seen in a zombie movie for it but i don't know it just they could have done more or done less and made it super over the top or something i don't know i i think i narrowed down what made it boring to me is that there's no satisfying subplot it's very much straightforward uh dr allen goes to haiti to try and recover this zombie drug government tries to stop him Mm -hmm. there's no like there's a very unsatisfying attempt at a romantic subplot between mm-hmm. uh, he and Marielle. Oh. But it doesn't really, like, they don't really portray anything this... except for them banging in a cave okay. at one time, which was super undeserved. They never got into, yeah, like, uh, Petrod or anything, like, r- really much of him practicing voodoo. And again, if you're going to just focus on Dr. Allen. We never know really enough of his character for any emotional connection whatsoever to these characters. And that, to me, makes it incredibly boring. You can throw in all the spooks that you want, Mm -hmm. all the scares and everything, but at the end of the day, you didn't tell me really a satisfying story. He went there to get this thing. Government tried to stop him. Mm -hmm. That's about it. And I... I I realize that there's secondary characters, but we never get much from the guy who makes him the poison unless he's with Bill Pullman. Mm -hmm. That's about the only times that we see him. 
And if everything's going to revolve around this central doctor character, yeah, make him an actual character and not just this guy who's driven to find this zombie drug. Or pick a different actor. I'm sorry, fucking Bill Pullman in this movie is a human fucking Muppet. He, he doesn't look like he could ever he, do ayahuasca in the oh fucking fours. He's James, supposed to be fighting people. He look. He's supposed to be attractive he, to this this hot, hot Haitian woman, and he's a fucking Muppet. He he has got bewildered dipshit face for this entire film, and it's wonderful. Well, I conflated this movie because I told you. I remember. I told you I saw it years ago, and I remembered it kind of finally. But you know what I was thinking of. And this movie has absolutely nothing thematically to do with this movie. But there was a movie called Lorenzo's Oil. <laughs> yep. I, 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 Martin Sheen was in it. Uh-huh. In my head, Martin Sheen was Bill Pullman's character. And it made it a thousand times a better movie to me. No. But there were like visuals from that movie that stuck that I thought were in this movie. And then there was also visuals from, um, what was the other fucking movie with Lisa Bonet and the devil? and Angel Heart? There, there were parts of like, that kind of reminded me of Angel Heart. Back were, when Mickey Rourke was still a snack. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like a lot of movies in that era were doing similar themes. And uh, they just didn't quite hit it. They're, they they were too much in the early 80s instead of the later 80s. And I think the visuals, if they would have changed the lighting or something, because it was too TV. And the inclusion of the zombie ultimately, like, didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it saves him from the grave, but you could have screen written around any of that. And... Okay, James, this movie does contain one of my absolute favorite things, just in all of film. Hmm. No. Any, Your sky balls? A, no, any film like this that begins with the based on a true story or inspired by <laughs> true events. James, it is my favorite thing because I think even the Coens, like, when they were talking about Fargo, they're like, hey, we just said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be a... a a true statement because if you watch this and you think any of this happened this movie is some white savior bullshit Mm -hmm. now i read the book that this was based on a million years ago and i i remember reading these guys that yeah i i I sold them the rights to the book because i wanted the fucking money now having said that they could have gone completely off the rails they kept a bunch of shit from the book in the movie but it was all shit that didn't really matter. And uh, they went off the rails on stuff. But if, if they would have gone off the rails and stayed off the fucking rails, this movie would have been a thousand times better. Oh, if this movie would have gotten buck wild yeah. instead of just being kind of like a procedural. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's the whole part where, yeah, they chase him out of Haiti and he's just back in America. and yes, For no reason. Well, some spooky stuff happens at that dinner. Mm-hmm. Like Petrod, uh possesses the lady and like that was the part where i was actually kind of interested Mm -hmm. but again like it's well he comes back home and he's got this zombie drug ah Mm -hmm. he's he's the hero but he's got to go back Mm -hmm. it's like man okay i get it you could just had him not leave in the first place right or or have that like get on the plane get off the plane yeah. Or something like that. Well, they did have him getting on the plane because he was taken there at gunpoint. And mm-hmm. that's where, luckily, the guy who makes the zombie powder just works for uh, the airport. Oh, they, he could have just walked up. He probably knew the guy who put the wheels up, you know? There was a airport security back in there. Nope. Well, yeah. But, and, like, the 
what I'm saying is that none of the things are really like invested in. Yeah, nothing none has any sub, weight. None of the subplots are really invested in. Even the uh, like the background of uh, the Duvaliers mm-hmm. and their reign like coming to an end. Like man, we've seen that so much better. Like in La Llorona. Oh yeah. There was the political backdrop through the whole thing. In in this it didn't really seem to like the overall theme didn't seem to matter. It was just like, oh yeah, and by the way, the Duvaliers are out of power. Well, you you know you you hit the nail right on head. This thing seems kind of slapdash. I got this piece, this piece, this piece and this piece. Boom. Oh shit. Interstitial. Okay, we can do this scene, we can move with this scene. Okay, there was a scene in the book we can put it seemed like they didn't really put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. And them making the zombie powder took forever. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, I get it. Like, you could have cut a lot of this out, and it's only an hour 39, I believe. God, it felt like 10 fucking hours. It does. It feels so long. And honestly, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know if we should, yeah, give Dr. Allen more character or have more things happen. Either that or actually do a representation of the actual book. Well, and because <gasps> there's, again, another character that doesn't really matter. Was it Lucian? Was Which that one was Lucian? He's the, uh, he was one of the guys in Terminator. Okay, yeah, yeah, The yeah. The heavyset uh, black cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who was just like a local voodoo leader. Mm-hmm. He's in like three scenes. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be, like, a major character at the end who goes and, like, steals Bill Pullman from the airport. Right. So the Patriot's men couldn't. And there was him. there were no hints beforehand that he was a deal. And and the reveal didn't do anything. It didn't make me go, oh, heel turn. You know, it, it yeah. just didn't do anything. Like, oh, well, when did he talk to him? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were close friends because they had met, like, once at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that... that yeah. And... the. Just to jump to the end, like, as far as disappointing endings, like, the end is just a retaliatory scrote stab. Mm-hmm. That's it. That sends him to hell. Mm-hmm. Ah. It, that's what I'm saying. I like, the events of the film don't even seem to matter to the rest of the film, because, like, man, Petrod put a railroad spike through his fucking ball sack. And that was an intense scene. Like, mm-hmm. the acting in that, like, that's when I was interested. Like, oh, shit, some shit's going down because and he's And it was well white... acted and well shot. Yeah, because he's a white dude in Haiti who's snooping around where he fucking shouldn't be. And he's mm-hmm. naked and tied to a chair. And this police chief's like, hate to do this to you, Blanc, but uh, you get the fuck out of here. And puts a railroad spike through his sack. In the next scene, he's just like, yeah, it just went through the scrotum. I, I'm fine. I can go meet this dude to go make this zombie powder. And he just hangs out in the country like, all right, this is where the based on the true story, uh, clearly, if this is what was written in a book and this was based on, this dude is a, a thousand percent full of shit. Yeah, because you're not doing nothing. And I'm surprised you didn't fucking bleed out on a goddamn road. Yeah. His, his pants had a, a decorative spot of blood like he had... You know, maybe it bled through his pad. And that's what I'm saying, like, the parts that needed Wes Craven in this film, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they kind of rule. Mm-hmm. But for, I don't think Wes Craven is great at doing uh, good, like, long uh, emotional scenes, which there are, like, a few 
where they find the zombie in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Again, if this were based on anything, that would be a, hey, we found this guy, mm-hmm. and I'm going to somehow smuggle him back to the United States. Fuck the powder. I'm already in enough trouble. I can yeah. just grab this dude and bring him back, and we can run tests and figure out what the hell happened to this man. Hell yeah. Instead, they just leave him in the graveyard and wander off, and he doesn't matter until... They bury Bill Pullman, and the zombie pulls him out of the ground. See, and what they could have done, too, is obviously there are some real, real direct comparisons between zombieism and colonialism. Yes. Because the zombie, the the idea of zombie came by when slave trades happened in the islands. Mm-hmm. So that's when that came by. You know what I mean? And they could have leaned into the oppressed people and how... Having your will taken away from you from a drug, they could have leaned into the drug addict aspect. They could have leaned into any of these things. They just didn't bother. They said, oh, here, here's two sentences. See if you can figure it out. And if you do, fine. If you don't, fuck it. Look. And they didn't even give me enough look to look at. Yeah, they uh, they quickly find a guy who says that he can make him zombie powder. And... He gives them something, and Bill Pullman does the old switcheroo, dumps it in the glass, because he knows this guy tried to fuck him, mm-hmm. and slugs it down, and everybody goes, oh! And so the guy comes back out and goes, listen, I, I can make the real thing, but you have to make it with me. Mm-hmm. And that would be the time to cut to them making it. Right. Not 15, 20 minutes later after mm. they go do a bunch of other shit and they've lost the thread. Right. And it's not that, like, things like that aren't important. Like, it, this movie, so, it feels almost choppy to me. Like, okay, well, oh. he has to go do this other part of this story. Well, now he has to go do this other part of this story, which is fine if you're showing these different characters doing different things, but it's mainly from the vantage point of this Dr. Allen. Mm -hmm. He is the main focus of the film. And when he just has to scamper off and I have to go do this, I have to go do this, now I have to go do this, now I have to go sleep in this hut on the beach Mm -hmm. because I have to wait 24 hours for this zombie powder. Mm Mm-hmm. That made all the sense in the world. <coughs> yeah, and then just the police just literally break down the walls of this place. Mm-hmm. And he's laying in bed with a headless woman who yeah. is the zombie's sister. Like, well, why is she involved? Well, we'll frame you for the murder of the zombie man's sister if you don't get out of Haiti. And then they stab his scrote. Mm-hmm. And then just let him go, trusting. That... And then the third time they find him, again... They force him onto a plane at gunpoint. Yep. And now, send him back. But you, you made an interesting point. I don't notice bad pacing because 90% of the movies we've picked or you've picked, their pacing is good. You don't notice it. It brings you along. It does its thing. It's building. Right. This, I didn't, I couldn't have told you what was wrong because I couldn't put my finger on it. But pacing is, at, there's zero pacing in it there. It deflates its own. Yeah, mm-hmm. tension. It, it'll build constantly. it up, but instead of letting, you know, having something happen to ease the tension, it peters off for no reason. And that's when you should have it ramp up again. It didn't ramp up again. It just fizzled. And then you, you just when you're about ready to fall asleep, somebody gets stabbed in the eye or, mm-hmm. you know, or he gets a scrote. But the only, I wouldn't even, couldn't even put this on in the background at a party because there's just nothing to look at. No, and I mean... The spooky parts are cool. Mm-hmm. 
The spook, dude, when Put he Put those calls, on a loop, motherfucker, that'd be cool. When he, right in the beginning, after he takes the uh, elixir from the shaman and he falls through that hole with, like, the zombies half out of the ground, like, grabbing at him and pulling him underground, it looks great. That is what Wes Craven, like, that's what you need him for. Oh, yeah. Or the end, when he's in the prison and those arms come shooting out of... Yeah, the big fucking giant arms and shit. Yeah, yeah from between the th- uh, grates of the yeah. prison doors. That was great. That was craving as fuck. Uh huh. Or yeah, Zakes Mackay just like zapping out of the walls to come tackle Bill Pullman, mm. who's already been given zombie dust, and I don't understand how this fight happens. But either way, like <clears throat> that's what you need Wes Craven for. Mm-hmm. A scene where they're just. For some reason, now in love and boning in a cave while they're sleeping outside of a tree. No previous chemistry, no it, leaning towards, no moony eyes, nothing. Yeah, Just a, boning on the fucking beach. A very unearned sex scene. That, yeah, it. Zero chemistry in the scene, too, because Bill Pullman's a fucking Muppet in this movie. It, it's shit like that that constantly happens where, like, Wait, well, what's happening now? Oh, you're following this thread again. Like, he's going back to meet this guy. Oh, uh, uh, Petrod got him again. Uh, And it just keeps going back and forth and not saying that a story can't go back and forth, but none of the subplots are realized enough for me to get invested in any of them. Right. There's no rhythm to any of this. A lot of the movies like Joko Anwar, there's a rhythm to it. It, it, it waxes, it wanes, it, it meets up in the middle. It, you know, it pulls apart and comes back together because he's paying attention to pace. And things mean things. And it's almost symmetrical in, in a weird way. This one, it was like, okay, we filmed this. Oh, f- okay, we still got to make the action scene. We'll do the action scene. Okay, uh, what, what did they say in the book just before they happen? Okay, well, there's your lines. Go ahead. Have at it. And I still I still think that a lot of that comes from uh, lack of investment in the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, almost at no point could I have given a shit if they killed Bill Pullman. Right. Like, well, yeah, he's fucking around where he shouldn't be. And mm-hmm. also, yeah, he's basically just a recruiter, not recruiter, but like a scout for this giant pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And they offer him a bunch of money to go find this zombie powder. See, if okay. they... If they would have leaned that angle, like the corporates push, 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 and, and, you know, he's doing it out of fear of the corporation, but he's also afraid of that, that would have added some cross-dynamic or something. Yeah, or if there would have been more with, like, his, was it, his mentor or former mm-hmm. professor, yeah. uh, Alfred. They mentioned offhandedly. He, he and the uh, farm executive, they're That's always right. in the same scene together, and it's twice. Yeah. It's literally two times in the movie at the ve- not very beginning, but like right after pretty much the introduction, and at the scene uh, at the dinner when the wife gets possessed, <laughs> twice. Like, there's why is he going this hard for this pharmaceutical company? Like, is he just trying to make money? Is he trying to help people? Because he never really like mm-hmm. we don't get invested with him helping at the the clinic that Marielle runs. Mm-hmm. It's like, just, it, supposed to be a doctor that, yeah. that could have informed their relationship. But really, there's none of that. There's, the connective tissue is There's missing. zero character development. Holy shit, I didn't even notice that because I'm sitting there going, ah, just I got to make it through. I got 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes. We can do this. We can do this. 
Uh, yeah, there's no character development. There's You care zero for anybody. We get about as much character development for uh, the big fucking enormous scary dude who works for Petrod, like mm-hmm. his right-hand man, Yeah, who is walking through the streets in the... Uh, like the, the black and white voodoo. He's got makeup. the Baron Samedi makeup, and he's yeah popping the pistol. Yeah, with the top hat and everything on. Mm-hmm. And they show him doing voodoo rituals. Like we get almost more character development through from this man who barely speaks and I don't think has a name in the film. Mm-mm. We know more about him than we do most of our central well, characters. Some of the more exciting parts of the movie. Anytime he was on, I was watching. Because he is a terrifying individual. Fucking jumping through in that big old vest, just boom, kicking down doors. I was like, oh dear. Nah, no, don't uh-huh. do that to me. And especially when, like, you realize <clears throat> that not only is this man just physically gigantic, but he is just fine with murder. Mm-hmm. That it, Cool. I'm into it. And that is, like, that's what I wish they would have focused more on, like, Haiti <clears throat> and how fucking scary it is well because the french completely fucked haiti mm-hmm. completely and i'm not trying to say like well haiti's a hellhole but it's very impoverished and it's a scary fucking place see i've never been to haiti but i've been to like areas of mexico where they don't see people very often i've been like in the navy i i've been in a lot of towns where just outside of nowhere and my biggest fear because, you know, luckily I speak, at the time I spoke a lot of Spanish. So when I was in Mexico and I tried to get braced, you know, I just basically said, hey, I will give you this much money if, you, if you're the only one I got to pay. You know, you can be my guide today. I'll give you this much money. You know, I, I, I got out of it. But if I went to a, like Haiti, I got fucking nothing. I don't speak French. And when you're there, they didn't. You can disappear and nobody's ever going to fucking find you. Yeah, because the government's corrupt as shit and the police force is basically its own army. They Mm -hmm. just do what they want. But I thought it was very odd, too. They kind of almost portrayed Petrod, like the police captain. Yeah, he's a vicious maniac, but he almost seems very measured with Dr. Allen. Yeah. Like, he gives him several warnings, like... You need to leave now, Dr. Allen. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of Haiti. And they he, could have leaned more into it because the shit with Papa Doc Duvalier at that time, the atrocities committed, the things that were happening to the people, the, the in order to get the Haitians to uprise, as bad as it had been for so long, it had to be ultra horrific for people who haven't eaten for a long time to go fight the government. And they only did little bits and pieces and not even enough to spark my imagination, having known that, having lived through it. There was, they didn't give you enough to invest you into even that because that would have been a really cool thing. There's this, there's this conflict. There's this conflict and this yeah. conflict. Showing, How do they mix? Showing this, uh, I guess what you would consider very small conflict inside of this larger conflict, mm-hmm. but the two are t- uh, connected together through this and Police they, force. Who, and they could also be mirrored by oppressed people, zombie, oppressors, the people with the drugs. And they could have done both big and little at the same time and brought it together. They did not even think of that. No, it was all focused around Dr. Allen. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when we're given zero... Again, you said, yeah, he's a Muppet, but also like... We don't know anything. We don't know his actual motivations. Is mm-hmm. he just trying to make this money or is he a caring doctor? 
fucking show us anything. Give him a definable character rather than I'm here to find this zombie drug. Plus, and if you think about it, be, be, before we had the internet and stuff, there was a lot of shorthand going on in movies. Like they would cast a guy, that's the guy that does the thing. So if they would have cast somebody who we know is a virtuous type as that, then we'd believe him as a doctor. If they, if it was a man of action and adventure that goes on ayahuasca trips and goes fights in Haiti and happens to be a doctor, you can cast a, a more person that looked at it. What does Bill Pullman look like? He looks like an English teacher. He looks like the guy that you accidentally jostled in the Starbucks line and goes, oh, you know, like he, I said, through the entire film, he has bewildered dipshit face. Mm -hmm. So if you would have cast it a little better, we could have had that shorthand give us more depth to the movie. And that is, all right, I, I'm not even going to say that's a jab at Bill Pullman either, because no. he's good yeah, in he, this movie. His performance is fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, Zakes McKay as uh, <laughs> Patron, he is he went for it and, mm -hmm. man, knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. He is the most sinister dude that, like, almost that I've seen in quite some time because he is very dangerous. He mm -hmm. speaks very carefully to Dr. Allen, mm -hmm. but he speaks very directly. Very weightedly. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth because they are all important. And you didn't listen the first time, so now I'm going to spike your ball sack. You know, I'm saying, you know, I, I, I usually have to be told when to go because I have no clue. But if somebody spikes my nut sack, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I would leave. Yeah. If they would use, hey, you know what? Um, if they would have told me, hey, guess what we're going to do if you come back? What? We're, we're going we're gonna to go uh, take a railroad spike to your scrot. I'd have been like... I don't think I'm going back to Haiti. I'll no. hire some people. I'll send some people. I ain't going. Fuck a bunch of all that. Mm -mm. And even so, it's just the dipshit white guy that everybody's telling him, like, you need to leave. Mm -hmm. You need to get the fuck out of here. No, I need this drug that could help people. Like, mm -hmm. dude, there are other ways. Yeah. I, like, and they don't show him even, like, getting, like, kind of even personally involved in the conflict. Mm -hmm. Like... And there's and, no reason for him to return. And if you other than really want to think Mario. about it, between 85 and about 95, if you wanted to be a mercenary or hire a mercenary to do something and you had some bucks behind you, you get that shit done. It's not like you could, I'd like a mercenary, please. Five guys would show up with guns. Hey, where are we going? You know, it's not like now. Mercenaries are probably a little thin in the water, but. Uh, they could be so sure. <laughs> okay. Remember the Iraq War. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I bet you it'd probably be easier to hire some trained fellas to go ahead and take care of something for you. Yeah, but back then you're just getting absolute lunatics, and now you're getting absolute lunatics who work for a gigantic corporation. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying they they could have gone that. I would not have fucking gone back to Haiti. Yeah. It, again, there's no reason for him to, except for to play white, literal white knight. Yeah, but he's in he's in Disappearville. You know what I'm saying? There there are areas that even in Chicago I won't go because you disappear and nobody's gonna come find you. Exactly. There nobody's gonna bother to look because you were stupid as fuck for going there. You, you went there once, they let you go, and you went back. Uh, fuck you. And that's what I'm saying is that you either needed to let Wes Craven go full Wes Craven, yeah. or give this to somebody else because. There's too much emotion throughout this. And to end this 
what was kind of a very serious story, like with a very serious ending because it's the uprising mm-hmm. starting. Like people are in the streets hucking bottles at cops and shit. Yeah. And then Bill Pullman goes in and starts bashing apart his soul jars that are exploding and mm-hmm. everything else. And you go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought you were kind of grounding some of this, obviously, like say what you want about voodoo, but I'll be bold and say, no, nah, the shit ain't real. Right. But you're basing it like as it's this grounded thing right. saying, oh, I have these souls in these jars and, you know, like Petrod can see or like see him in his nightmares mm-hmm. sometimes. See, but they didn't lead hard enough into either the science or the spookies. Exactly. They should have picked one and ran with it or fucking lean hard into both. Yeah. You know, you can do both. That would have been cool. And now that you mention it. All those actors were acting in different movies. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's like one was going, the the nurse at the hospital was going for, you know, oh, well, oh, he's a doctor and I'm going to save the people. And that was great. But that didn't fit with everybody else in acting in there. She's not really reacting to the craziness or to Bill Pullman's stalwart uh, White Knight. And you, uh, They didn't give her anything to chew on. We hear what a strong voodoo practitioner she is, and we see it the one time when they're mm-hmm. at the bar and she gets, quote-unquote, possessed or whatever. Somebody blows the shit in her face. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, is there any other instances of her being a voodoo practitioner other than No, that? but, and, and the funny thing is that the, the, the minor possessions and the major possessions are... You know, sometimes whole families can do it. Sometimes it's only one person. And the possession thing is not everybody gets possessed because you do voodoo. Again, most of it is spirit-based. And you commune with spirits. You honor the spirits. You you know, it's like Dia de la Muerte, you know? You're familiar with that, right? Day of the Dead? Ish. Well, you kind of honor your you honor your family with gifts. And you make uh, effigies of them. And, you know, honor their lives and remember them. But you're also honoring the spirits, so the spirits protect you and help you with your journey. And writ larger, it's uh, there's a hundred different spirits in your day to day: the house spirit, the outside spirit. Uh, you know, it's like the Saint Anthony's. Oh, geez, I lost my glasses. Pray to Saint Anthony. But it's a daily part of their lives. None of that was shown. Not even even a little bit. Because when everybody sees Santeria, uh, Santeria, right? Oh, they cut the heads off chicken. Yes, animal sacrifice is a huge part of it, but it's also part of the daily life because you know what you do with that? You pluck it and eat it. You're also honoring the spirits of the dead. You're, you know, it, yeah, it's not something that they're just doing for funsies. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, fuck it, go get me a chicken. Leave it there. Well, fuck it. You have to honor the spirits. You have to make sure that everything balances. It's a whole thing. It's not just killing chickens and goats. And... I wish they would have, again, they could have done a thousand things to do this movie. I, I, I've, never, I, I've never been this frustrated with a movie. Yes, because it does have, again, on paper, this is one of those. They were on mm-hmm. paper. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Wes Craven directing a fucking movie about voodoo. Yeah. Is set in, in Haiti. Right. I mean, I guess, yeah. Cool. I'll watch that. And then... To have it come out and be this, like, mm-hmm. I I don't know how this was received at the time, 
I, I re- again, this, I remember it, it but I, I mixed it because there were a bunch of movies with uh, similar similar styles and kind of half ass similar backstories and stuff. But it reminded me a lot, and just the like. Again, there's no connective tissue between mm-hmm. the two. It, it's more of just the well, huh vibe that I got. It reminded me a lot of Jacob's Ladder. Oh, and Altered States. It reminded me of Altered States. I don't know if you ever saw that. But movie, I mean, but like yeah. we talked about Jacob's Ladder. That like, oh yeah. I mean, this might have been a thing in 1990. But mm-hmm. I mean, looking at it throughout all these years, like I don't think Serpent in the Rainbow aged well. Mm-mm. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think this movie would make a good remake? Because well, while watching this, I was like, man, you take the dude who made like his house mm-hmm. or give this. I, Again, I'm not saying that just because, you know, he's black or something, but maybe not a Wes Craven type. Mm-hmm. Maybe give it to somebody who has some sort of cultural connection to any of this. There's got to be a million filmmakers out there that yeah. could take an excellent premise like this and maybe ground it a little. Look, I, you know what's funny is I, I, in my head, the name that jumped out is I'd like to see Guillermo del Toro do this because I love his visuals. And being Mexican, he's grown up with the stories, even if he wasn't involved in it, he grew up hearing about it. Uh, I, I think he could do really cool things with that. Because, like, at the heart of this, like we said, is a good movie. Mm-hmm. There's things that you could do to... All you have to do is you can eliminate three of the four subplots, mm-hmm. tie them in somewhere else, and make one of the other subplots that's not just he's here and the government's after him. Make one of those matter. Mm-hmm. Really delve into it. Spend 15, 20 minutes of the film just focusing on one of these to deepen any sort of connection right. to the film. Or you could lean into the fact that, like, say, for example, you know how boring it was the 15 minutes he was looking for the ingredients, right? Yes. Make that more of an action sequence. Extend it. It's like they're in the jungle looking for this particular frog, but the, uh, the police are after him. We cut to a couple of the people that have been zombified coming, not to kill them, but to assist whatever, carrying packs or whatever, because the zombies here were not the threat. It's the people controlling the zombies. But, you know, if they would had the chase scene or whatever and made it more of an action thing, that, that I think that would have a thousand times, it would have made this movie a thousand times more interesting. Right, and but what I'm thinking is now that we're actually talking about it, you might as well just do something else and not call it Serpent and the Rainbow because there's too much tied to this story. That Because, again, I can't stress this enough. The zombies really don't matter. There's only one, and Mm -hmm. he comes up twice. I think the idea was handled better with White Zombie, which was made what? (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was getting to is it's kind of thematically similar but even White Zombie was far more engrossing than this was. Well, it, it pulled you into the idea of colonialization. It pulled you into the idea of displaced people. It pulled you into the, the fear and of these zombies being controlled. Right. And the fear of existing and not having any will. They didn't lean into any of this. They, they said they might be there, they might not be there. They didn't really get into that. Um, the, the one thing, though, that I think was very effective, it, the very first scene when they were testing for breath, they were testing. Now, no, nobody in their right mind is going to poke an eyeball to see if you wake up. But the way they filmed that, where they went through the eyelid underneath, 
that freaked me out almost as bad as when we watched the entire I Get Pierced in that uh, Fultry movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> because you're, you're just sitting there going, that guy's aware of this. And can you imagine being, a, and I and my head put me there because if they would have put it in the eyeball, I would have been thinking visual effects. When do they cut? When do they cut? But the way they handle it, it's going through the skin. It looked like a shot, but you know what's going into the eyeball and your brain just does that thing. Or my brain does that thing. Oh, I thought it was just going into the ocular cavity under the eyeball because no. it was a test for pain response. He poked it all the way in the eyeball because it went in like that far. Yeah, you can go at an angle underneath the eyeball. Oh, no, because he was going straight in, homie. No, he went under the eye. I swear to it. He did, but he went under the eye straight like this and pushed it straight back. Either way, so here's the one thing that... And I'll fight you in it. Yes. We will trash my home in a knockdown, drag out brawl over something that we could literally check after this and go, oh. Hey, let's let's save that for when we film. But, uh... I think one of the things that bothered me the absolute most about this is the finale. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Lucian uh, steals Bill Pullman from the airport Mm -hmm. before Patriot's men can get him. Right. Because they'll just kill him at this point. Again, we don't know how any of this was set up. Bill Pullman doesn't even seem to know. Mm -hmm. But he takes him to some weird resort. Lucian uh, looks like he has a stroke, but it was uh, voodoo magic and... uh, Scorpion crawls out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Then a man walks up and blows zombie dust into Bill Pullman's face. Mm-hmm. Now, how does the rest of this happen if that happens? Mm. That's what bothered me is because he looks, for the last like 10 minutes of this film, mm-hmm. he looks like he's actively dying. And Yet this is... he is fighting a man who can handle himself in a brawl. Mm-hmm. He is the chief of police, one of the main, like, malicious men in town. Mm-hmm. He can handle a dying Bill Pullman in a fight. And Bill Pullman beats the Christ out of him. This film effectively ends Bill in a Pullman. fist fight. And, and, and here's the deal, too. Because of the hallucinogenic properties of this... And his dreams and his visions and his this and his that. Unreliable narrator. So I'm like, is he really doing it? And I fucking checked out. I really checked. I checked. I'm watching this and I'm checking out while I'm watching it. I don't remember two of the scenes that you described. And I literally almost held my eyes open like Clockwork Orange to watch the last fucking bit of this. Yeah, because they do the cool shit where he's like loose in the prison because the people are like breaking in the doors. Mm Mm-hmm. And all the spooky shit happens with the arms, and he's out of his goddamn mind. Right. But then him and Zakes McKay just get into, like, a fist fight at the end, and he starts breaking his pots open. And I don't care if I watched Bill Pullman Olympic box when he was 19. You look at Bill Pullman, there's no way that guy could fight. It looks like he dropped like a... Now I have to cut that. Thank you, James. But... Yeah, Bill Pullman fighting the chief of police who grew up in Haiti. Like, no, Mm -mm. absolutely not. (laughs) And to have it end with Zakes McKay getting pushed into the room. And again, the effects are cool. Mm -hmm. It's real Wes Craven shit. Oh, yeah. He gets fucking slammed down in the chair. It's basically straight up Nightmare on Elm Street. The ropes wrap around him by themselves. Yep. And then Bill Pullman, again, does a retaliatory nut spike and mm-hmm. drives him into hell. 
testicles first. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. That got done with, and I'm pretty sure I said aloud, well, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was, I didn't want to say anything before the movie because I didn't want to, or before we did this. It, yes. But that is literally what I was going to say. This is stupid. <laughs> Those were the words that were coming directly to mind. And again, it makes, like, I said it during, I think it was A Wounded Fawn, yeah, and Mm -hmm. their makeup effects at the end. Like, man, I hate that that is my critical analysis, but, (laughs) man, that sure was stupid. Mm -hmm. That was real dumb. Why did they decide to do that? Mm. Uh, This movie, buddy, this movie. He gets spiked to hell balls first. I guess if you gotta go, you might as well go with your nuts spiked to the chair. Sure, man. That was pretty metal. Yeah. I, I mean, How'd you go to hell? Balls first with a railroad spike. Well, it's like the end of Passenger 57 where he victoriously defeats the bad guy because uh, he's standing in the door of the airplane mm-hmm. like Spread Eagle and Wesley Snipes just hammers his sack until he falls out of a plane and you're like... Huh. That's how you decided to go. Oh, okay, okay. That, gonna, that was a choice. He's he's gonna <laughs> retaliatory ball spike. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, good thing it's over, because I was sick of this movie <laughs> a long time ago. You know, it's been a while since I've said this, Chris, but fuck you for making me watch this movie. Hey man, we agree this was a mutual agreed upon film that we were excited about. Well, it's because I thought it was three other movies, goddammit. That's what, man, I really wanted to like this. I really did, because I wanted to fucking have a Wes Craven movie that I like. I... The way that we watched this was on a four-pack that I owned, and I bought it specifically for Serpent in the Rainbow because I had seen it, and I must have thought there was something there, or I wanted to be that pretentious dick that just said, oh, it's Wes Craven, it's good. But man, I, I don't think we need to go into the would you recommend this. This movie's dog shit. I would rewatch before I rewatch this. Yeah, that's also on the, the four-pack. It's and just I- Mm-hmm. The giant snake movie. Yeah, which was fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. it sure is. I, I tried, just for giggles, I tried to watch like 10 minutes of it. And I'm like, oh no, no, I'm not yeah, going to do it. Yeah, but the 10 minutes was more goofy and entertaining than this. Oh, God, yeah. Because oh, this yeah. is a, like, again, it's Wes Craven. There's a level of quality. It was almost like he was attempting to be serious, but forgot how. Yeah. It's like, I want to make a serious movie because this book is heavy. The book is heavy, the subject is heavy, the things in it. Like, I, now I'm remembering the bufo toxin from the, the frog and how big a deal they made out of it because they even told what the tetradoxin does this and that and the other thing and it cuts off these nerves. That was fascinating, hearing a scientist talk about that. Yeah, but from the little bit of research I did, yeah. like, they had already known about that for, yeah. like, ten years. Even oh, yeah. at, like, when this film was supposed to have taken and, place. And the guy, the actual guy came back with the supposed stuff, and eh, it wasn't. It was missing, like, three ingredients. And, uh, the guy, and again, he's, he only sold it because he wanted the money. Yeah. And he, his, his veracity has been questioned a time or two also. Uh, mm, this movie. God damn I it. don't think I ever need to watch this again. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Like I said, if, if you're... If you're a Wes Craven completist, and you do want to see some, like, cool spooky effects, man, when he's getting fucking drowned in that coffin in blood... That was cool. It's rad, dude. That is some straight up, like, yeah, 
That's mm-hmm. what Wes Craven is good at right there. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Making these nightmarish... Tableaus, yeah. Because that's what, like, a lot of his stuff was. I mean, early in his career, he made very angry movies, but mm-hmm. yeah, then he started getting more into, like, a little bit of Supernatural, the Dream State stuff, and yeah, there's a little bit of, I mean, holding on to that theme from Nightmare, because Nightmare on Elm Street was, what, four years before this? Yeah. But, you know, you, I, I hesitate to call this a zombie movie. Yeah. In any real sense. Because, A, the zombie was not a threat. It was barely touched upon. It talks. We, we barely saw. I know, but we he, barely. Yeah, uh, yeah. it. He, he it's barely. A human man. But it barely. And there was nothing made of it. And why? Just go. Again, you could have just taken him and mm-hmm. had him analyzed. Or, but instead, he's just wandering through the cemetery. So that. Haunting people's dreams. How is this a zombie movie? Because uh, there's the one. Yeah. And he haunts people's dreams. Uh huh. Nah. I, again, I hesitate to call this a zombie movie, dude. Yeah, but I mean, we were looking for zombie movies that weren't necessarily straight up zombie movies either. Like, yeah. we were trying to cover the spectrum of zombies. Because mm-hmm. we started with zombie. Oh, fucking. Ah, I'm glad we watched that movie. Yeah. And then White Zombie, which is... Also glad. The different portrayal, you know, the more uh, colonizing aspect Mm -hmm. of zombies as mindless workers. Then in this, it was just zombie to be able to haunt other people. And and what kills me, too, is that... A free-range zombie? Yep. It kills me, too, because this very specifically was made during this specific time with the colonization, with the... With the unrest and everything, and very little was made of it. So there, there's a very obvious, a very obvious connection you could make, and they just threw it up there and didn't bother with it. It could have. Mm. Whoa, I'm done. Hey James. Yeah. Hey, where can people find us? Oh, they can find us. Yeah, on, I'm just going right into it. That's I'm good. Yeah, about me this too. Fuck movie. this movie. Anyway, they can find us at Horror Vomit Pod. Cast.com. No, wait. I fucked it up. At, at gmail.com. And that's not where people can find us. They that's can find where us they on. They can send us an email. Oh, they can find us on the Spotify and on the Apple Music and wherever fine podcasts are grown. And they can also find us on the Facebook. We have the Horror Vomit page. God, I'm digging. Fuck. You, you finish this shit. We also have an Instagram page. And uh, if you go to Apple Podcasts or at the top of your uh, Spotify oh, yeah. app, give us some stars. It All the stars. It really does help. It, uh, it gets us more a little bit more visible. It gets us on the algorithm. And uh, so what do you think? How was our zombie uh, trilogy there? Um, I, I re- it, it was good. It just ended uh, with a fizzle. Yeah. You know it's not done right. We got more? Oh, you know exactly which zombie movie I am making you watch. The one film that you told me I will not watch. A certain train to, to a certain Busan. Busan. Now, granted, I initially said this before I became a fan. I, I will give it a shot. I was like... Fuck. I, I, I will preface this, though, before you watch it with, prepare to just watch an excellent film. Okay. Because, I, honestly, that's why I wanted to end all this with Train to Busan. Okay. Not just because you said you wouldn't watch it, because it really is, like, 
Holy shit, that's a good movie. And we'll talk about why, obviously. We'll get into it. Because in uh, my head, it's just like, oh, wow, Runaway Train with Zombies. Great. But uh, Without Danny Trejo. It's sad. (laughs) What? You ever see Runaway Train? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not the hugest Danny Trejo fan. I didn't like, watch it because he was in. That's how he started his career. He was he was like a, a he was an extra and he was also somebody's sponsor on set, and that's how he got his career. He's one of the.